Welcome to the Life Creation Podcast. I'm your host, Andrina Tisi. Together, we will explore thoughts, inspirations, and conversations that feed our soul, spark the mind, and nourish the body. Thank you so much for being here to learn and grow and for walking this journey called life with me. Welcome back to the Life Curation Podcast. Today's guest has a very, very special place in my heart. Karin Hagelin is certified grief recovery specialist and certified in EFT tapping. Personally, Karin helped me tremendously after my brother passed away in 2013 and introduced me to the amazing powers of EFT emotional freedom technique. And as many of you know, I love EFT and work with clients and do EFT meditations and just really believe in the amazing power of that tool. Karin is originally from Sweden and has been living in Switzerland, Zurich, since 2005. She's a mother of three her oldest daughter passed away at only eight months. Today, we are talking about the different aspects of grief and when we can feel grief besides when somebody we love passes away, especially also what is happening worldwide this year with COVID. Karin shares some amazing insight and tips what we can do to support ourselves and others. I really hope you will enjoy our conversations and please, please feel free to share it with anyone that you think could benefit and find comfort in it. So with no further ado, let's listen in. Well, thank you for being here, Karin. I'm really, really excited to have you as my podcast guest and Life Curation podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> So to kick it off, I'd like to ask you a few this or that questions. Mm -hmm. They're super fun and it just like will relax us a little bit <laughs> and sure, um, you can yeah. just totally answer spontaneously. Uh -huh. So on. mountains or ocean? Oh, I want to say both, but ocean. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Coffee or tea? Coffee. I knew that. <laughs> Roses or sunflowers? Oh, sunflowers. Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Harry Potter. Great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so the topic we're chatting about today, today is very close to my heart. And, um, you know, you've helped me tremendously go through my own journey of healing through grief. And um, it's such a privilege to have you here. And just to start with, how would you explain grief to a child? Well, I do that all the time. So it's... The, the feeling of grief is obviously separate to the person we have lost. So the feeling of grief is, is that 
sort of sadness that that person is no longer with us. Um, but it's okay to feel that. And it's okay to express what, how you're feeling, what you're feeling, when you're feeling it. Uh, it's not taboo to talk about. And it's, it's such a natural built-in mechanism in us to be able to feel grief. And it's absolutely okay to feel it. Nice. Thank you. And as you just mentioned, and I think for a lot of people that is the case, when we talk about grief, we mostly think about somebody dying or we lose somebody we love. Mm-hmm. What other situations can grief come up? Can you talk a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many different occasions where we feel grief and where it's very natural to feel grief. We can just take the current state right now as we are right now experiencing the corona crisis. And there is a sense of loss. Uh, the, the loss is the life we used to lead, going to the shops without wearing a mask, hugging each other, uh, being close to each other without fear. Um, that is a tremendous loss that we are all feeling worldwide right now. So that is obviously the the very obvious one to, to talk about right now, right? But it can also be loss of self-worth, mm-hmm. loss of yes. confidence, loss of faith. Um, it can be, you know, the loss of divorce, that, you know, my hopes and dreams didn't come together like I had hoped it to be. Yes. Um, the loss of not having both parents there at all times. Yes. Um, the loss of a job. I used to be this important person in a company and now I'm retired or I'm no longer there for another reason. It can be loss of health that spins us into to a sense of grief. Before we could move freely, now we can't. Um, so there's so many different situations where we are absolutely entitled to feel loss and grief. Yeah, and I'm just thinking of, I think when we lose something, whether it's you know, the traditional sense in terms of maybe losing a loved one or even mm-hmm. a job or a relationship mm-hmm. or health related. It's also a little bit of a loss of identity. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, also when, when you take, for example, retirement, everyone is yes, looking forward true. to retirement, right? Yeah. But there's a huge sense of loss of that work identity you had. Right? It doesn't matter what in what position you were working, but all of a sudden you're not sort of needed in that position anymore. And who are you now? Yes. So what do you so think is the mis the biggest misconception about grief? Do you think it is that the people a lot of time related to somebody dying and not thinking that they might be going through grief mm-hmm. even if nobody died, like not a physical person? Yeah. Or is there any other misconception that you see also when working with people? 
Yeah, I think the big misconception, I can take myself as an example. Yes, please. Had I known what grief was and how it feels and how it plays out, I wouldn't have thought that I was heading towards a burnout. Yes. Because I, I lost my, my dad to cancer in 2001. And I was, you know, 27 in a middle management position in Stockholm, Sweden. And I thought I was absolutely going bonkers because it was such a huge loss. He was only 59. And it was just a, such a huge shock to my system. But because the symptoms, the physical symptoms were so similar to the very common burnout and depression scenario, that is where everyone went, both myself and medical doctors that I contacted. So it was only because I was reading, uh, you know, one of those metro newspapers on the on yeah. the tube, where I saw an ad saying, are you suffering from grief? And I, I just like stopped in my tracks. And this is like before... <laughs> before internet was a big thing, and I had to literally cut out the coupon to send it yes. to order the book, <laughs> and I did. Uh, but it was such an aha moment, and I think if the misconception weren't, wasn't so big today, we would have so many people dealing with the natural process of grief and not thinking that they are, you know, experienced depression. So do you think... A lot of people who are maybe diagnosed with burnout or depression are actually going through grief and saying that there is, of course, not one clear line. No, it's also, you know, it's very, um, you know, flowing into each other. But do you sure. think that? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know and I don't have the research to back it up, but I'm sure that one or two every here and there slips into the category because had people just asked maybe one more question, like what is going on in your life right now or what has been going on? Could it be grief that you're experiencing? It might take the edge off and like not, you know, because it's a fear around depression and the medication and all of that, which it shouldn't be. I mean, depression is a serious thing and medication is absolutely necessary in that case. But I think there is a risk that you might be misdiagnosed. Yes. Because the the because where you are in life, like I was, I mean, of course I was working hard and everything as well, but the trigger was obviously the loss of my father. My for sure, model, for my sure. Mentor, yes. Um that triggered it all. And had just that GP that I went to asked me yeah. not just about my symptoms, but what has just happened in your life. It could have taken another path. And I think like what you're saying is also really good because I think there's not just a, a lot of times it's not just one thing. No, exactly. And, no. you know, similar what you said, what's happening right now worldwide with, you know, COVID is, you know, there's so many different aspects of that, mm. right? Yeah. And yeah. everybody, of course, experiences it differently. But I do think 
people are caught off, you know, off guard and, and with surprise of certain feelings and what's what's happening internally, maybe also within relationships and relationships are, may also change through all that and jobs yeah. change. And like you said, the, maybe also this, the loss of freedom, right? Yeah. I think that's a huge one. And again, what you said about the the physical contact, that's big yeah. for me, right? Like yeah. I, I yeah. live by myself and, mm-hmm. you know, not having that carefree contact with my friends, right? Mm-hmm. It's different, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe also personally, like you shared a little bit about, um, you know, what how you experience that personally, but do you have any other maybe examples or also when you're working with, with your clients, what mm-hmm. do you feel surprises people the most when experiencing grief or going through or even going back to the situation we're in right now, what do you feel is most surprising for people? When I state that grief is something natural and it's a, it's a built-in, really cool um, asset that we have that helps us take us through dealing with what has just happened dealing with the shock, dealing with the trauma, dealing with, you know, you see, for example, people wanting to talk about what they've been through over and over and over and over again. It's our nervous system that needs that. It's our heart that needs to hear us say it over and over. And to hear that it's a natural process and that everyone has their own unique way of grieving and everyone needs different things at different times. And everyone is not in the same cycle and there are no five steps that you have to go through, but we switch between accepting and denial and anger and all of these emotions, sometimes hourly even. Yes. It just gives them permission to breathe out and like, oh, I'm actually quite normal. Yes. Uh, and it's actually a normal thing. And yeah, I mean, just the, the relief I see when people allow themselves to feel what they feel. And that's okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. I I remember when, you know, after my, my brother passed away, I was so thankful for that shock, okay. Okay. <laughs> right? Like I was thinking like the... The human body and psyche and, 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 you know, the soul and everything, it's so brilliant because it, my system puts me in a, in a, in a shock that I can take care of the things I need to take care of and not yeah. fall apart, like on a physical and emotional level. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, thank goodness we have, mm-hmm. like, it's, we're, we're living in a yeah. brilliant system. Right. I know. It's so smart. And what you said about, you know, people um, need, of course, we can also not say it with everybody, but they have sometimes the urge to talk about it over and mm-hmm. over again. Mm-hmm. Is that also, because I do feel a lot of people feel that when they hear somebody going through something, whether that's somebody dying, maybe losing their job, even, even divorce, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't really know how to react, what to do. And then what can happen is that they don't do anything. Yeah. Right. And, um, I've also with, with my stories, a lot of people 
felt also I felt that insecurity in people of saying like, well, but you're okay. Are you okay talking about it? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think with knowing that it actually can help to talk about it Mm -hmm. um, is, I think, super helpful. Mm -hmm. Not, of course, generalizing it to everybody. But what do you think is one thing that's super helpful when we know somebody that is going through through something? Mm -hmm. I think I have one rule of thumb there. And it's at least... Just acknowledge and say, I am so sorry. I have no idea what you are going through right now. And I have no idea what to say. But I'm here. That's it. Yeah. I think, I think some, that's, that's all we need to know, right? There is. I mean, I think the less we complicate things, and like, oh, what if I say the wrong thing? Or, uh, you know, it's better to just say, I am so sorry. And don't compare it with your own stuff. Just say, I, I have no idea what you might be feeling right now. Even though you might have lost the same kind of person like your dad or your sibling or your child, I have no idea what that person might experience. Yeah, it's, it's always different. Exactly. Right. And just be there and say, like, I'm here to listen. Yes. Because it's not so much about saying, it's more to just be there and be present and hold space yeah. for that person. And that person is acutely aware of what's happened. Yes. So there's no point of like dodging that either. True. You know, they know. Yes. <laughs> they know that they, they just went through yeah. hell. Uh, so pretending that you, you don't know, it's also not helpful. Yes. <laughs> and now as, I mean, do you think we all are going through grief right now? I think, I, I don't know, but I've seen, it's, it's amazing because I've been doing this grief work for more than eight years now. And never has the theme grief been so present in like blogs and news articles and like, you know, big famous newspapers, not not just my (laughs) (laughs) and all of a sudden it's, I think I read somewhere, I can't remember which article it was, but they were sitting at, you know, on, on a Zoom call and they were like discussing like, what, what is this feeling that we're all feeling? This sort of like a bit numb, a bit sad, a bit hopeless, a bit, what is it? And then they sort of like, oh my goodness, it's grief that we're all feeling. Yes. The grief of not being able to be in the same office anymore for now. The grief that I just can't go and buy a ticket and travel. But, and, you know, not even to mention the people that couldn't be by their loved one's bedside or participate in funerals and Absolutely. I mean that's just another level but the the collective grief that we're feeling right now the loss of feeling safe I guess yes. as well like someone coughed on the bus am I safe you know yes and I think we are going to see a rise in in mental health issues in the coming months 
Yes. Just because of that. People are hypervigilant and anxious. And how do you think we can support each other? You know, let's say more or less, like some people have, you know, again, everybody has different symptoms or, you know, stages or, or whatever, but how can we support each other while, you know, with the restrictions that we may be living in and also going through our own thing? Mm -hmm. I think it's just important to, in the, you know, in the frame that you can, uh, you know, be a bit more observant right now mm -hmm. with friends, with family, with co-workers. If you have that ability to sense a little bit how other people are feeling, use it. Because a lot of people don't want to talk about what they're feeling. Yes. And it's sometimes perceived as weak. Uh, but just check in. You can do that in a very normal way. Like, hey, let's grab a coffee. How, you know, how are you doing right now? Or what did you do last night? Or just to suss out what they are up to. Um, and you might be the only person that they have talked to <laughs> for a while. Yes. So don't underestimate the little thing that you could do to actually pull someone out of a dark place. I think we just owe each other that right now to just be a bit more focused on what, how are our neighbors feeling? Do we hear more yelling and fighting? Do we, you know, does anyone that usually say hi didn't say hi today? Or, you know, just be a bit more aware. Yeah, it comes, I mean, the, the word mindfulness comes in a little bit, uh -huh. right? And I think towards ourselves and uh -huh. to, to others, yeah. right? just checking in with ourselves and others and seeing, Hey, yeah. what is this? What, what's, what is going on with, exactly. with me and my surroundings? Uh -huh. Um, are there any, specific tools that you um, use on yourself with your family, with your clients that you can also recommend? I mean, I know a little bit, but maybe you can share. <laughs> yeah. I mean, first of all, a very simple tool, tool for, for um, feeling good yourself is to actually help others. True. So that's, that is such a, a given. That's the, most simple tool we have. Like if I feel a bit down, call a friend and ask how they are. And then you're being supported and they are being supported. So I think find out clever ways to help others. Like write a card to the next door neighbor who is in her 80s and like, hi, I'm here if you need any like groceries or, or anything, because that makes us feel good. That's a, a, a super easy tool. Uh, another tool that I use all the time, which I write about and talk about all the time, is obviously EFT tapping. Yes. Uh, emotional freedom technique. It's an acupressure po point uh, technique, and I know you do that too. Yeah. Uh, because and of you. It's so super helpful in order to regulate our nervous system when we are absolutely in panic mode ourselves. Because it doesn't even need you to believe that it will work or not work because the impulses to the fight flight part of the brain will go anyway regardless and 
when you tap these points on yourself, and there are tons of videos out there, and I'm sure we can put a link on as well. Please. When you do that, you are also reducing cortisol, the stress hormone cortisol in your bloodstream. So you can even stand and tap and yell, I don't even believe in this. (laughs) And the cortisol will reduce regardless. So that is really helpful. It's like putting your life vest on. So you don't have to be dragged under the waves, but you can sort of bob along, even though it's a bit hellish at the time. But at least you have some sort of a floating aid. And I use that. I have a a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old at home, and they've been using tapping since they were like three. Um, So it's a really super helpful tool for test anxiety, (laughs) to physical pain, to general anxiety, to stress, whatever. So that is also a super helpful tool that you have at hand at all times because no one needs to supervise it or do it for you. You can just take your fingers and and do some tapping on yourself. Yes. I mean, when I started working with you, um, mm-hmm. I've, I knew about tapping beforehand, but I was just thinking, yes, yeah. whatever. <laughs> exactly. It looks ridiculous. It feels ridiculous. Like, yeah. what? How is that going to help? Exactly. And then, (laughs) you know, and, you know, speaking of, you know, talking about the story, I remember our first session, you just told me to tap, you know, by my collarbone and tell you the story. And I just realized the difference of telling the story to you and then telling the story beforehand. Right. And Mm -hmm. it was so, and then obviously I had just amazing results with it and you know therefore um i went to london and did my training (laughs) um so um you you converted me big time (laughs) um that's good any other tools that you can that you can think of that that you think are are helpful i mean i'm no pro at all with mindfulness but i mean we practice that all the time i guess anyway i mean just to be mindful and take note because I think when we when we are in that space of mindfulness and really like I feel my breathing, I feel my heartbeat, you will also start getting to know your feelings. True. And I don't know if you have seen this movie, but I always recommend people to see the movie Inside Out. It's a kids' Pixar movie. It's an animated movie. I've not seen it. five characters living in, in a girl's brain who's 12. And you have anger and joy and sadness and disgust and, I think, anxiety. And how they sort of how they team play there up in the brain. <laughs> and obviously there's a storyline. It's such a cleverly made movie. But it's about, you know, all these emotions are helping us in some way or another. It's just that in some societies today, we mark them as good or bad, which is not true. Yes, Anger propels us to action. Sadness makes us reach out for help. Uh, joy, yeah, it's just joy. Like it's just a lovely feeling, and you're together with people and and experiencing that. And anxiety is also okay. It makes you learn and face your fears and do it anyway. You know, it, it's just such a clever movie, and that's what I keep on telling my clients as well. Like the more you try and resist 
a certain emotion, the more it's going to persist. Yes. And all of a sudden you have anger, sadness, grief, anxiety, yelling on full volume. And that can express itself in like physical pain, like chronic pain, and you know, this blurry state that people find themselves in when they are, you know, you know, just a depressed state, not depression, but a depressed state. It's like nothing is really fun. Um, or it can be like excess anger, like you're just furious all the time. And you're you're yeah. yelling at people all the time and you're not, you know, being a good sport about things. I mean, all of these things um, and just sort of getting to know your feelings and getting to know that they are not there to harm you. They're not dangerous. And the more you can start playing with them instead of pushing them away, the better it's going to be for you as well. And like, okay, I'm feeling anger right now. What do I need? What do I, what can I do right now? What resources can I pull out? Um, instead yeah. of just like, oh my God, I don't want to feel that push away, push away, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. And definitely, I'll look up the movie and we'll, we can put mm -hmm. it into the show notes. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I don't I'm know. Sure it. There are like, yeah. There are, um, oh, yeah. there are YouTube tra trailers and everything. Cool. So, like, okay. Know, it, it's a really nice movie. Great. Really good. <laughs> I subscribe it all the time to people. <laughs> Perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so I recently listened to an interview between Brennan Brown and David Kessler. And oh. a brilliant interview, <laughs> I thought. Yeah. Um, And I mean, he worked really closely um, with Kubler-Ross, right? Who yes. um, came up or established those five stages of grief. And then he talks about a sixth stage, mm -hmm. um, which is finding meaning. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on, well, first of all, on those um, five stages and then the sixth stage? Mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, she did research on dying people. Mm -hmm. And those steps were from the dying person's perspective. And okay. us humans, we love, like, steps. Absolutely. And there is, like, a process here. And it's like we almost take it and run with it. Like, oh, there are only five stages. And when I'm done, I'm done. Not the case. And I know that David Kessler speaks about that too. It's yes. not the case. We go, we flip from one to three to five to four to three again to one again to two and then more two and whatever. Um, and of course, the sixth one, finding meaning is obviously what we have been doing, right? Like what do we now do with this grief? What do we do with this loss? How can this propel us to a higher place? I mean, I had the, the decision I had to take was, because we lost our first daughter, Ingrid, when she was eight months old to a genetic disease. And I had the choice between being the mom who lost a child and being the victim and forever being the one pursuing that storyline and like, this is what happened and therefore I am. 
Or I could say, which is what I did actually, okay, how do I now find meaning with this? What can I do with this story? How can I be there for others with the experience I have? How can I give other people hope? Um, how can I serve from a higher place because I went through this? It was a bigger kick in the butt than I needed, <laughs> but yes. it propelled me into daring and being courageous to be and hold space for other people in grief. Uh, so that is how I found meaning. And I hear stories like that all the time. Yes. And it is, it, it is a healing. It's also an allowance to this happen. This is my story. And I'm not going to push it away and lock it away or put it in a box and never talk about it again. It belongs to me. It's like putting on a new jacket and integrate that story with who you are now. Not moving on, not getting back to normal, not anything like that. But how do I now take this and wear this in the most, in the highest way possible and find meaning? And we can see that in Viktor Frankl's book, you know, as well. Yes. You know, and he talks about finding meaning. The people that survived the concentration camps were the ones that had a purpose and meaning. It's so important. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I see it, you know, I do work now with, with um, people too who go through, through certain losses. And it's, and one of the things is that I, I realize for myself too, and I witness it, whether it's just, you know, seeing people or um, in more of my closer circles is that, there's no way around it, right? It's like I've seen, I've witnessed people, you know, starting to cry of something that happened like 60 years ago, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and not, obviously not judging that, but just noticing that grief doesn't have a timeline. No, not at all. Right? And there not can be, all. there can be moments where, something with thought we, you know, quote unquote dealt with yeah, yeah. <laughs> suddenly, you know, it's more present again. And I think that's yeah. okay too. Right. And I think mm -hmm. then comes back to what you said early on about it's okay to feel that. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I usually have people picturing one of those bathing bowls that the kids play with in the water, you know, those big ones and you press it under water. Yes, that's a good image, and, yes. And it stays underwater as long as you press. It takes a lot of energy, but it stays underwater. Mm -hmm. The minute you let go of that ball, what does it do? It flies back up in your face, up into the air, right? Yes. It doesn't matter if you've stand, stood there five minutes, ten days, four years, twenty years, sixty years. The yes. minute you let go or something trigger you to let go, like a new event, it flies right back up. And only then do you realize how much energy you have yeah. been using to push it down. And when that new thing happens that catalyzes like, okay, now it's the time to deal with this. You know, th then you realize how much energy you get back from not having to push down 
that old bowl. I love that image. It's such yeah. a great, that's such a great visual to, to mm-hmm. think of. Yeah, that's really yeah. great. So, um, you know, finding meaning leads me into, and it might be a little bit, you know, a tough question or a controversial question is like, is there, can we say that there is a gift in grief? Or is there a hidden, you know what I mean? You know what? I mean, for all I care, although the price was high, I feel like Ingrid, our daughter, was a tremendous gift. Mm-hmm. I do. I I obviously wish that she was here rather than being on the other side. But I took it. I decided for myself to take it as a gift. I suffered through it. I, I'm no miracle person at all. I was down in the dumps. But the minute I made that decision, that's when things started to light up again. So although I'm not too keen on the everything happens for me for a reason thing, is more that, okay, Life happened, and it was crap, but what do I now do with it? Do I turn it into a gift with ribbons, or do I continue, or do I see it as a grindstone that drags me down? Yeah, it's beautiful. Hmm. I think it's a beautiful way to to come to a close, um, and you so graciously offered for all the listeners for a free discovery session with you. Yes. So that's amazing. Thank you so much. And so we'll obviously put all the information also in the show notes, but Mm -hmm. where can people find you? Well, I have a website, of course, which is karinhagelin.ch and you can see the spelling in the link. Yes. But about the discovery session, if you feel that you have something that you want to discuss, if you want to learn about EFT tapping, if you just want to, you're curious to to just have someone to to spar with and to you know uh, brainstorm with, if it's grief that you are experiencing or what you have been through, this discovery session is like it's you know it's a forty five to sixty minutes where we can just look at what's happening and I can teach you how we tap and how you can use it at home and you know teach you a few hacks and it's really just an offering it doesn't need to be you signing up or anything it's really I'm just there to to give that service and I'm just happy to to be there for those who need thank you so much to do that so it really is an offering not nothing else That's great. Thank you so much. And last but not least, we are on the Life Creation Podcast. And Life Creation means how all aspects of our life are creatively intersected and influenced by each other. Life Creation is about connecting the dots and that the whole beautiful artwork of our life can emerge. So do you have a Life Creation quote or a mantra um, or a life motto that you feel is a guide for you? My brother, it's so difficult, but I think it's just 
you know, it, it, it sounds so corny, but it's this, you know, the seize the day that comes up. Just see every day and every hour as a gift. Like, what can I do today? Or what do I need today? What, who can I help today? Um, how can I be of service today? Because tomorrow might look different again and not be so hung up on five year plans and 10 year plans and whatever <laughs> and, and life goals. But really, like, what do I need right now? Or who needs me right now? I think about that a lot when I wake my kids up in the morning. I mean, they should be old enough to wake up by their own alarms. But I just like, this is such a precious moment when I can just lie next to them for five minutes and just wake them up gently. Beautiful. And how long will I be able to do that? You know, I just take that moment. And maybe tomorrow will look different. But Beautiful. just do those little, like, little things in your everyday life and not just focus on the big trips or the big plans or also look at what you have in front of you right now, which I'm sure many realized during this lockdown as well. Like, what do I have around me? What brings me pleasure here where I am right now? That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Karin, for well, thank you, coming on to the podcast okay. and to have this open and also vulnerable conversation with me so we'll put all the information into the show notes where they can find you thank mm, you thank you andrina thank you so much thank you so much for tuning in to the life creation podcast i would love to hear your takeaway from this episode and what little thing you can do to start to create your life fitting to today's topic I really want to tell you about the free EFT package, including an introductory video as well as a guided session to tap into self-love. I recorded these during a live workshop and I'm thrilled to make them accessible to you. These videos are in Swiss German. You can simply go to andrinatc.com forward slash resources or find the link in the show notes below. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to send it to your friends and family members or whoever you think could benefit. Personally, this is how I get a lot of my inspiration and discover new information when I see something on social media or a friend sends it to me directly. And of course, a stellar review over on iTunes and those magic five stars mean the world to me. Thank you so much for being part of Life Curation. Mm -hmm.